Dear Father, I do exalt thee. It is so amazing that you are so lofty and high and all-powerful, and yet you think of us. You think of us as a corporate body. You think of us individually. You love each of us individually. And we can do nothing but exalt you in return. I pray that you would be with me tonight as I speak. Give me the words that you would have me to say. Help each and every person in this room to set aside their day and listen to what you would have them say to you, to them. I ask all this. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I lost the microphone. As I reflected on our theme for the year, my heart and altar, God's love, the flame. And I thought about it in connection with my lifelong ministry with children and adults. I was drawn to thinking about how small children begin to know God. And any of you that know me know I'm kind of obsessed with small children. And uh, I see some of my students smiling. Thus the title of what I'm speaking about tonight. A child's heart and God's love for me. How does a child, how does their simple faith grow into adult faith? I don't know if you've heard the Dear God letters. You know, if you, if you need a lift in your day, uh, you need to read those. Something like, Dear God, did you notice I wore my new shoes today? Um, a child has such a simple faith. And how does that simple faith grow into adult faith? Into an understanding of God's love and what that truly means. I guess we need to start at the beginning. This is my grandson. <laughs> now, I figured if Dr. Matson could get his grandchild's picture up here, and if... Dr. Butler could leave his grandchild's pictures at the switchboard for everyone to come by and look at. That it was only my opportunity to put my grandson's picture. This is just moments after he was born. At birth, if you could see his brain, a part of his brain about the size of a pinhead had 70,000 brain cells. Just the size of a pinhead. He was born with about 100 billion brain cells and 253 million synaptic connections. And those had all grown, even before birth, between those brain cells. Now, by the time he's eight months old, the number will jump <clears throat> to 572 million. Now, <clears throat> even though I've studied child development for over 30 years, in fact, child development was my undergraduate degree, one of them. 
and had two children of my own, when I saw Sabian for the first time, it once again drew me to the wonder of God's amazing creation. So read with me. If you can just say it along with me, if you can see it well enough. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Here's Sabian at one month. It says, I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Can you see the connections in his eyes? Uh, he was beginning at this point to listen intently and watch his mother move around the room. You could, you could just see, you could watch him. I watch him a lot. It's really not a good thing when I should be studying. But uh, you, I, just, I watch him from moment to moment, and I can just imagine all those connections being made in his brain because connections are the important thing. At the fastest rate, connections are being built at the incredible speed of three billion a second. Isn't that phenomenal? Eventually reaching a total of about one trillion, or one thousand trillion connections in the whole brain. It is, it is these connections that are made at the very beginning of our life that form the foundation for everything we do in our lifetime. One has to wonder about the potential of the human brain, the brain as God intended it to be in a perfect world, because, now here comes the sad part, everyone. After that point, the connections begin to gradually decline. By about age 10 or so, half the connections have died off leaving about 500 trillion, a number that remains fairly constant through most of life. So uh, just figure where you are right now. <laughs> In other words, it, was the, it is those early brain connections that are important. What happened to you in your early childhood makes a difference in how you think, how you learn, how you develop relationships, and what you believe about God. The more we learn about the brain, the more we realize how important early childhood is. Research has pinpointed the first three years as the most important. Researchers now confirm that the way parents interact with their young children first three years and the experiences they provide them have a big impact on their youngsters' emotional development, learning skills, and how they function later in life. And I, this has so many ministry implications. Uh, I know I'm going to throw them off with the, the slide, but um, where do we place our emphasis in, the emphasis in our churches? And those of you that have been in my children's ministries classes, you know that is that child... Their um, formation of what they think about coming to church begins in the nursery. Whether they enjoy coming, do they feel treasured when they come, all of those sorts of things happen within those first three years that we really often don't think much about. 
In fact, even how you react to stress may have its roots in the first three years of your life. A child whose caregivers are responsive will build connections of relationship and love. The results of an environment that does provide this relationship or bonding, if, if it's not provided, the results are devastating. And, and you may have seen the children in orphanages in, in the very um, poorest of countries where there just is not enough staff and the children just rock and bang their heads. And that is all a result of them not having those relational connections during the first few months and years of their lives. Um, think about all the Oh, it got there too soon. Is he not the cutest? Um, think about all the implications of the following quote. By the end of the first year, children who have received consistent, warm, and responsive, which he has, care produce less of the stress hormone cortisol. And when they do become upset, they turn off their stress reactions. So you wonder why some people get so stressed and others don't. It could have, begin, it could have been a result of those first few years. Now, this is Sabian at two months. We call him, the, the babysitter sent this to us on her phone. You know, the phone, you take a picture and you send it. Um, and she named him the Happy Mohawk Man. <laughs> uh, the, he, here he is at two months. His face explodes into a smile when his mother smiles at him. He's beginning to respond with babbling when I have a conversation with him. He squeals in delight at unexpected moments and carefully watches the dog and cats as they go through the room. He, le he learns to do something new every day. He's building connections and relationships. It's all about relationships, and relationships are all about trust. For Sabian and for you. When do we develop trust? It really has so much to do with those beginning brain connections. Uh, trust develops for you when you were rocked and cuddled, when your love for your parents was mirrored in their eyes, when your parents responded to your needs, when you understood that your parents treasured the time spent with you, when you understood that even though you might not always see them, they would always be there when you needed them. This is in a perfect world. And our world is not perfect. If our world had been perfect, if sin had not entered into our world, this the environment that I just described is where each of us would have, would have been at the beginning of our lives. But our world is not perfect. And a world where children are loved, their needs are met, and they learn to trust those who care for them. Because at those very beginnings of trust, they follow your, you your entire life. These same connections affect how you perceive God. If you learn to trust your parents, then you probably have no problem learning to trust God. If your early years were spent in, in a situation where you couldn't trust anyone, then except maybe yourself, then you tend to trust yourself and not others. And that includes God. So do you trust God? Do you feel God's arms wrapped around you? Do you believe that God looks down with unconditional love? That means that he loves you no matter what you do. He does. He really does. You don't have to earn your love. It did, the lights did this during the ladies' meeting, too. Think nothing of it. Um, <laughs> do you believe that God responds to your needs? 
Fortunately, I can still read my notes. Do you believe that God treasures the time spent with you? Do you understand that even though you may not always see God working, he's always working on your behalf? Or do you view God as distant, not really concerned about your day-to-day needs, one who loves you but is possibly disappointed with you, one whom you must strive to please in order to receive his love, one who only judges and punishes? The list could go on. Your perception of God is most likely tied to your perception of your parents. God, um, good experiences bring us closer to knowing and understanding God, just as bad experiences create distorted pictures of our Father's love for us. But God is in control of connections. Here is the really good news. Did you ever wonder why it's so difficult to, to think differently? For instance, your perception of God. That's really hard to change, isn't it? That's because you have built those connections. Every time you've gone down that path of God really doesn't care about me, I'm not sure he really loves me, etc., etc., you have built a brain connection, and you continue to follow that path. That is what children are... You know when children ask you, could you read this book, and it's the same one night after night after night. You're just like, oh, that book again. Um, That's because they need that to build those brain connections. And those repetitive thoughts are the same thing. We get them in our mind. It's one reason it's so hard to lead adults to Christ, is because they have thought the way they think for a very long time. But God is in control of connections. There are several dramatic examples of this found in the New Testament. Now, first of all, research tells us that there are windows for development. For instance, in speech. If a child does not learn to speak during this window, uh, which is really in the preschool years, they probably will never learn to speak fluently. The same thing is true with vision. If a child, um, well, they did this with cats. I love cats. I don't know why they did this, this with cats. But they covered one eye during their developmental period during the window. And even though they uncovered the eye, the cat never learned to speak. I learned to speak. They didn't do that either. <laughs> they never learned to see out of that eye. Another one was they were placed in an environment with only um, vertical lines. And after they passed that phase, they were placed in a, in a room with horizontal, and they just ran into the wall because they weren't able to see that. <laughs> now we know that's wrong with some of our friends. Um, <laughs> So in Mark 10:51 through 52, Jesus seems to be totally unaware of this. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Master, let me receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And listen to this. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. Now, we understand that he was healed. Whatever was wrong in his eye was healed. But it's not only that. It's the fact, this is going along with blind, and (laughs) the room's getting darker. Not only that, but God recreated, Jesus recreated all of those brain connections that had not been made when he was a young child. So the miracle goes way beyond the fact that he got sight, even the sight. Do you hear what he did? 
He followed Jesus on the way. He got up and followed. The same is true with the man who was lame. Do you know how long it takes a child to learn how to walk? And he went leaping and jumping and praising God. So not only were the legs healed, but the brain was healed. Because without that, it would not happen. And if God can do that, God can change. So fun. God can change your thinking about him. He can build new connections of trust. He can help that child's heart heal. The child who did not learn to trust. The child who thinks God is distant. The child who cannot trust God to meet his needs. God can heal that. And he can help you know that God's arms are wrapped around you. God looks down with unconditional love upon you. God will respond to your needs. God treasures the time spent with you. Even though you may not always see God working, he's always there and working on your behalf. Our pastor's daughter, she's about three, her name is Zoe. And one day it was very foggy and you couldn't see the mountains. And she crawled into bed with them, and the pastor and his wife, and said, when it's foggy, I can't see God. You know, and sometimes life is like that, isn't it? It's just a beautiful example of how we feel. And God says to you, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with a hope. There's a song we're going to sing to conclude this, and it's a very familiar song, and possibly some unfamiliar verses. It's a simple, simple song, yet profound in its simplicity. And while we sing, I want you to think about your perception of God. Is it tied to our faulty world and maybe the, the things that happened to us as a child? Or is it really based on the character of God? Is it based on a God who cherishes and loves you as his child? Yes, Jesus loves me. God, thank you. You love us. You sent your son. You sacrificed your own son because you loved us. Help us to change any thoughts that we have that are incorrect and be able to sing this song as little children do with just complete faith, without all the hang-ups that adults have, but just a simple, sweet love and understanding that God loves them. In Jesus' name, amen.